I would like to welcome every person that is watching Grace Stream TV for the first time. Maybe you're watching this live broadcast for the very first time. It, um, it's a privilege for me to be able to share the gospel of God's grace with you. One thing I've realized, and I've seen it again when I was now in Zambia, there's only one gospel. There's only one message, the message of God's grace. I've also come to the realization again that um, we cannot understand the, God, the, the, the Bible unless... We have seen what Christ has done for us. Uh, when we see that and we start to read the Bible from that perspective, then we start to really see what Jesus has done for us. It takes away all pressure. It takes away all performance. It gives us absolute peace. And when I, when I talk about taking away performance, I'm not trying to say that we don't try to perform in the world, but now we must perform in the kingdom of God. I'm saying that we are not even trying to impress God. For it is Christ that lives in us. There is something else that's alive inside us. And that is already well-pleasing to God. Amen. Thank God for that. I also just want to make um, make excuse if this program is a little bit uh, shaky or not as smooth as what it's supposed to be. Because I want to show you a slideshow. So we'll have to make use of a program that is not that good. But it's got the facility where we can show other things as well. So, um, yes, we're going, to, we're going into just explaining this. We're going to show you everything. And I trust that you will have such an experience of the unconditional mercy, grace and love of God. Amen. Before we get into that, um, our, our crusade report, I want to just touch on finances again. Uh, you know, we, I get people phoning me almost on a daily basis saying, Bertie, what's going on with my finances? You know, things aren't going that well. And they are, you don't get the people that, when it goes very well to phone you, say, you know, well, it's going so well, and this and that all the time. You get testimonies, of course. Um, but there are people that are struggling, and they've been struggling for a while. I want to tell you that, there, that um, there's something that God has equipped the body of Christ with that is so, so powerful, and we need to know and understand that. I'm not saying that God cannot provide for us. I'm not saying that God will not provide for us. Um, God provides for me. God provides for you. God provides for all of us. And I do believe that there is a place where we can hear the voice of God concerning business and those type of things. And in obedience to the voice of God, we can do business. We can be at the right time, at the right place, and can go well with us. I do believe that. Uh, uh, but the provision of God is not... Uh, let me put it this way. We cannot see the fullness of what Christ has done upon the cross in earthly things while this earth remains. In other words, while this earth is in a fallen state. It is impossible. There's not enough resources on the planet to provide for every person in accordance to what Christ has done for us in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. Now, if I was... Um, and, and I want you to hear me. I, I, I can hear some, somebody say, you know... Well, Bertie, does that mean that does that mean that we will have some poor people with us all the always? Yes, and that is exactly what Jesus Christ has said. But God has given us something that is far better than finances, and if we can apply that and see the manifestation of that in our lives, we will have such a joy and such a peace while we rest in the person of God. You'll never feel poor. You will always feel blessed. You always feel. Uh, uh, um, cared for. 
There will always be, there will always be abundance of joy in your heart. Let's go to um, uh, Philippians. No, let's, b- before we go to that, let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse, um, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Let me say it again. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, or that word faith, there is also faithfulness, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So the fruit of being in the Spirit is something that is spiritual that manifests in a physical way. The way these spiritual things manifest in a physical way is by people just simply having love in their hearts, having joy in their life, having peace, having long-suffering, having gentleness, goodness and faith. The other day I was at a meeting uh, speaking to a, a, a couple of ladies. Not just a couple, you know, some people in America think a couple is just two. Uh, in South Africa a couple is five or ten or fifteen, you know. So I spoke to uh, uh, ladies at a ladies meeting and shared with them and I said, if you were God and you could give uh, uh, and you know that your people your, or your children will live in a broken world until you return in a physical form to recreate the whole planet and give them immortality, what would you give them? Now remember, you cannot give them immortality, for immortality will only come in the return of Jesus Christ. It is a broken world wherein there is no perfection. So you cannot give them perfection in the flesh, for, it, for they indwell a place where there is no perfection in the flesh. So what will you give them? Will you give them a lot of money? It will be foolish to give, uh, um, to, to say, well, everything I do towards man is to give them a lot of substance. Because the substance you give is subject to decay. So you will give them something that is not lasting forevermore. So if you want to give your kids... If I want to give my children, if I was God and I could give my children gifts, I would give them something that can last forever. Uh, What God decided to give us um, when it comes uh, into this world is things like love, joy, peace, long-suffering. If you want to give somebody something, if, if you know somebody's going to go to Zambia and it's a place where there is no money, it's a place where even if you have a lot of money, it cannot mean anything. Um, if, you, if you know you're going to send somebody in a, into a place like that, what would you give him? You would give him long-suffering. Because then he will not even feel any of the suffering there and he will have abundance of joy. Let me tell you something. According to the standards of God, there's not one rich person on this planet. There's not one. All are suffering. All are in poverty when it comes to amount of money and provision. Um, that's why God came and He gave, He showed in Paul a key that, that is so abounding and so astonishing in man. And it's called contentment. Now, you might say, Bertie, I don't want to hear this. Um, you know, it's just, I, I don't feel joy when I hear this because I don't want to stay poor forevermore. The reason why you will not feel joy when you hear that God's answer to poverty 
is contentment in this world. Because, what Je- let me explain it. Jesus Christ came, he, he, he took the poverty of the world upon Himself so that we can prosper through the cross. The way we prosper through the cross is by, by having the riches of God and out of that having our provision. The way we have our provision through the riches of God is written down in Philippians chapter, um, uh, chapter f- is it 4. 4 verse 19 or 5 verse 19. It says there, uh, 4 verse 19, it says, My God shall meet all your needs um, according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And this talks just about people having needs and God meeting their needs, giving them a place to stay, giving them food to eat and all of that. So we can have stability in God's provision for us meeting our needs. But let me tell you something. Everybody on this planet cannot drive. Uh, a Rolls Royce. You might say, about I don't want to have a Rolls Royce. You know, I just want a, a stable car. And that's what I talk about. Just a normal car. You, you, you can have that. But I don't want to tell you, everybody on this planet will not be able to drive a car. There are places where there's, there's not enough space for cars. You go to India, there's some places, please don't give everybody a car. Bring public transport. Let people can, can travel with public transport. That's what they're doing in, in, um, in Johannesburg now. They're building that hard train, that, that high-speed train that can do two or three hundred kilometers per hour, something like that, so that people don't have to drive with their own cars because there's not enough space. This world system cannot provide. Um, but if you can give somebody something that is going to go be on a train going to work, give him contentment which is a gift of God. Contentment is not a curse. Jesus died so that we can have that. It's an attribute of God. If God didn't have it, all people would have been dead by now. So, God has got it. He's given it to us. And many people live with fear. You know, I don't want to hear about the word contentment. Because, and the reason why you don't want to hear about that word is because your value system is stuff. The moment your value system is stuff, my friend, you will not want to hear about the contentment with God and, uh, that, that God gives us. Now, I want to just say this. This is what Paul says. And I want to say, if you don't want to hear about contentment, which is an attribute of God, you will not be able to say what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, where it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learnt in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul said, I have no need. In other words, I want nothing. For I have received contentment. Whatever need you have, whatever want you have, the power of that want can be dealt with and is dealt with in the character of God, which is contentment. In other words, having the ability to say, what I have right now is enough, and I don't need to add anything to it. When we went to Zambia, uh, we, 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 it's a four-hour flight to get to Lusaka from where we stay. Then it's a ten hours with a bus. Then we stay in a guest, stayed in a guest house, and it's not luxurious. From there... We, we went on a little boat. It's about a nine, ten hour ride on a boat where it is life threatened. And while we were on that boat, you know, we were laughing about the situation. 
We were laughing about the situation, saying, yeah, you know, look at the way it is. And we were sharing the gospel. You know, um, on the video you can see how I was sharing the gospel with people while we were on that boat. It, it looks much nicer on the video and on the pictures than what it really is. Um, uh, it, it's amazing what we went through. When we were in Calabria, we didn't have a car. We walked where we wanted to be. We looked at people, the pastor of the church, that doesn't have a car. He doesn't have electricity. His wife doesn't even have a jersey. They live in a place, I must say, where it's not that cold. So, uh, I don't think a need for a jersey is that big, but it, it could get chilly sometimes. So, um, well, I, I bought her a jersey, I gave them some stuff and whatever, so God did bless them in that way, or provide for them in that way, for that need they had there. But the joy inside them, the, what we see as poverty, to them they, they, they say they prosper, because he's got his own piece of land. He's got the ability to build his own house. It's not a nice house, it's a grass house, but he lives in his own house. They could build a church. They are winning people to Jesus. They, are, they don't see themselves as poor at all. And I've seen an attribute of God working in people, making that man rich to the standard of prosperity I have and to the standard of prosperity every person has that has contentment. Let me tell you, the richest person on the planet is the person who has contentment. For money cannot preach to him. Now, we can. Now, Paul talks about a contradiction. There's a contradiction in the scripture. It sounds like a contradiction. But he says, I've got no needs, although I am in affliction. And that is, is written in verse 14. It says, Notwithstanding, you have done well that you communicated with my affliction. So he was in a place where, where it was difficult. But the difficult situation had no impact on him at all. God did provide for him. So I want to say to you, I'm not saying contentment is God will never provide for you. Contentment does not take away from the character of God. But I want to say to you, that if you are not living in contentment, now again I've said it so many times, contentment is not something you can decide to have. It is a fruit of understanding what Christ has done for you. It is also a repentance of the belief system that says we're going to have all prosperity in this world. The, the message that says we're going to have immortality in this world before the re return of Jesus Christ. And the message that says we will have all prosperity in this world before the return of Jesus Christ right now is in the same category. Even the message that says that we will never ever have any attack, if I want to use that word, because that's by the lack of understanding people can say, on our physical bodies um, with sickness or disease or anything like that. I don't say you've got to settle for sickness or disease, but there will be a time when you feel a headache. There's going to be a time when you feel a little bit weak. There's going to be a time when you see gray hair coming, you, you turn your hair becoming gray. You're going to see that. And there's, there's people that preach that say, you know, Jesus, Jesus is going to make, keep me young. Now, if that's true, show me one man that is 85 years of age that looks 16. Because the scripture where the Bible says that he renews my youth like that of the eagle, that word youth is the word adolescence, which, which means literally teenage years. 
I've never seen a man of the age of 65 or 75 believing the message. Even uh, 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 there's great men out there, faith, faith people, they don't look to, they don't look uh, 80 if they're 80. They can look 70 when they're 80. But they don't look 16. So there's something that God says that He will do in the return of Jesus Christ that we must know. And what's happening is people are living with hope deferred. There's people, friends of mine, they, they, they do business and, and, and they believe, yes, I'm going to have this great prosperity. And then they don't get it, but God still meets all their needs. They still live in a nice house. They still have a car to drive around with. They fly all over the world whenever they want to. They have vacations in this country, then in that country. But then they say it's going a bit tough financially and it does go tough sometimes because it's sometimes they go on credit cards and this and that and whatever. But it's not as if God doesn't meet their need. But what they see is they see this massive provision of millions and billions of dollars coming their way. And it doesn't happen now. And they use scriptures to have that. And if it doesn't happen the way they think, then they feel despondent. And that is the way the enemy comes and breaks down the message of grace in their hearts. Because the first thing they think is, what's wrong with my faith? Oh God, what's wrong? Instead of living in absolute joy. Amen. When it comes to contentment, let me tell you, my friend, it's very difficult to explain in words. Uh, Vessel and I just spoke about uh, uh, somebody that he visited yesterday that, um, that, that grabbed a hold of contentment. Um, there's such a peace in this couple's life now since they grabbed a hold of this. They, they both of them come out of this very successful families where they made a lot of money, they are rich. They bought a, a, a nice house in, a, in, a, in a, a, a good area in Cape Town, you know. What they did is they, they gave that house up for rent because they could get a smaller house because they were going through some, some financial difficulty. Um, they could get a smaller house in an even better area <laughs> on, close to, or on, on, on these wine estates. Um, very beautiful area for half the price. And somebody else could live in their house, uh, uh, which, which they own, and they can use the money that's left over to help pay for the house. So they, they had some wisdom in this. But where they are, they don't feel as if they are not successful. They feel so successful. All performance has been taken away out of their lives. They feel the true peace of God. Amen. And there will come a time when they will move back to their house or sell their house, buy something that's nicer for them or whatever. But it doesn't even matter. You know, I, 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 um, I spoke to Arthur Mankies and he said that he's got a friend that um, he, he, he doesn't even know what type of car he drives. Arthur said, you, you've got a nice car. He says, what type of car is this? He says, well, let's look at the back. I don't even know. Because those things doesn't have any value. We must realize, people, that the true value that God sees is that of people. And I'm not saying change your mind into you must now start to value people and not stuff. This is the fruit of the gospel. And there's been a message that says prosperity, gain, is godliness. The more you have, the more godly you are. I want to tell you that is not the gospel. Paul taught a message that says, run away from people that says, gain is godliness. The more gain you have, the more of God's godliness it is in your life. 
It is not true. The Bible says godliness with contentment. That is great gain. If you want to gain something in this life, what we've gained in Christ is that in this world we can be godly without measuring it with stuff. And my friend, that is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And every need we have is met in accordance to what Christ has done in the cross. You might say, but now you're contradicting yourself. I'm not. I'm saying if there's a need, God meets that need. Amen. If there's a need for clothes, He meets it. If there's a need for, 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 for a, a, a food, God meets that. And the context when Paul was talking about the provision of God uh, for a man of God was simply food and clothes. That's all it is. So I want to say, I live in absolute abundance. Because the people that, that supports dynamic love ministries, I've got a house, I've got food, I've, I've got more than that. I've even got a car. I can drive uh, uh, wherever I want. This afternoon, after the message, I'm going to ride a little bit with my motorbike. It, was, it went in for repairs, it's back. I'm going to just have a nice ride with a bike. I can go and do that. And then I'm flying to Nairobi, on the, um, on the 10th, coming back on the 13th. Then I'm going to preach in a pastor's conference in Johannesburg. From there I'm, from there I'm flying back and then flying again to, uh, to Durban, having another crusade there. All of that paid for. So, yes, I mean, I'm living in absolute, super abundant prosperity. More than enough. The more than enough that the Bible talks about, I live in that. Amen. And I want to tell you, 99% of all people that believe in Christ live in that. But what Satan has come and done, is he took a, a perfection, started to put it in an imperfect world, and said to you, if you can't reach that perfect level in this un- imperfect world, then there's something wrong with you, dumping you in the law again. So, God has come to set us free. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when it comes to giving and prosperity and all of those type of things, I'm going to tell you, if you want to give and you've got what you don't have in mind, you will not be able to give. I believe that from the perspective of contentment flows the greatest generosity that can ever be in the heart of a person. Amen. I want to just use this opportunity to thank every person that has given to this trip, this outreach to, um, to, to, to Zambia. And I want to say this, it's not the riches of the rich that gave. There are people that according to worldly standards cannot give. But according to co- contentment standards, they were enabled, uh, uh, it enabled them to live, for Christ to live inside them when it comes to giving. Amen. Now, I want to say this. I don't care what great man of God differs from what I say. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God agrees with this. And you can say, Bertie, you know, you are very arrogant in saying that. Um, well, let God be the judge. Amen. I believe with all my heart that God agrees with this message. For this is this works for the rich and the poor. If I must go to a place like Western Kalabu and preach sowing and reaping and tithing 
and take money from the poorest of the poor to provide for my ministry and then tell them, God's now going to supernaturally meet your need in a, in, in a place like that. I am deceived. I want to say deceived by Satan. Thinking that where there was poor people, I, I've seen it this way, people don't even give to the poor these days, for they say that's not fruitful ground. That's, that is wrong, my friend. If you go and read in the, the biggest church meeting ever held in history, it was in Acts 15, and one of the greatest things they've commanded was, don't forget the poor. That was not, don't forget to take up offerings from the poor. That was, don't forget to give to the poor. You know, where I was, the lady there, she didn't have a jersey. She had a jacket, you know, like a a suit type of jacket. So she had something, but uh, uh, she didn't have a jersey. And I could see it was, the morning it was a bit chilly. I said to her, where's your jersey? She says, well, I don't have a jersey. She didn't say, please give me money for a jersey. She says, well, I don't have a jersey. But it's normally cold for about an hour and then the sun comes out, you know, it's, it's warm. So um, I, I, I asked her, what, what does a jersey cost? And she said, uh, what was it, Vessel? Six, 65,000 quatches. That is equivalent to 110 rand, which is about uh, how many dollars? $10? No, no, $15. About $15. Um, for a jersey. She didn't have that. But their income is uh, $10 a month. So she couldn't buy the jersey. Now, if I would go to her and the answer to her financial problem would be to give to me, a rich man, that's got more than one car, live in a very nice house, you know, as, as, as lives a... a, 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 a Now, now, some people say, Matthew, you don't live that high life. But to me, I live a very prosperous life. If I, how can I take money from them? I give to them. Amen. And there's been teachings that's robbing us from Christ living in us. Let's have the contentment of God, people, so that we can see Christ living us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Now, will God meet my need? Of course. Make your need known to God. God already knows your need. Man, you can just trust in the person of God that all your needs are met. Amen. Go to Him with a, on the level of faith you have. Ask of God. Uh, uh, make known to God. And live a life of peace. Thank you, Jesus. There are those that are rich. They are blessed of God to have more finances. There are those that are rich. They are blessed of God to have great faith. The Bible says, have you noticed that not many noble and rich in this world has, has got great faith? So, the rich, it wasn't their great faith making them rich. It was maybe their business skills or whatever it is. So, we don't measure money on our greatness of faith. I spoke to a friend of mine uh, um, uh, uh, and he's got a friend who is a well-known pastor very, very big ministry in the world and, um, the, the, and he said to him you know, I've got a difficulty to ask people for money um, and to manipulate 
And you know what this guy said to him? He says, then you must be poor. <laughs> Can you believe that? That's what he says. Then you must be poor. That is wrong. Th- th- that's wrong. And he said, listen, you push partnership hard. And, and don't, don't aim for getting a lot of money from one guy. But aim to get little money from a lot of people. And you'll have financial stability. And you must convince people to do that. And once they do that, you'll have financial stability. Now, let me tell you something. That is not, that is the blessing that comes through marketing skills. That's what it is. And not all people are in the ministry. Not all people does have people that's going to sponsor them on a daily basis. There are people living in Africa, um, living in the bush, that is catching fish for a living. They don't allow big nets. They don't allow that. There is, the net is only this deep in the water. That's it. And they get a good catch in that area because rich in fish. They get a good catch of what they can handle. They get more fish than what they can handle. They even dry it. Because they catch more than what the people can eat. And they dry the fish and sell it later on in, in seasons where they're, where they're not allowed to fish. So God gives them more than enough even in what they do. But if you want to measure up with, measure, measure them up with bull gates and the way we live in a well developed area, I tell you my friend, you are seeing things not for what they truly are. Amen. Let's have peace when it comes to money. That's what Christ has come to give to us. It's like I said, you know, we, uh, there was a time now when we lost a lot of support, but it's, it's gaining again and, and people are, are starting to support on a, on a basis of just absolute, you know, what God works in their hearts. And I thank God for that. But when we, we, we lost things, I, I didn't think this much of it to sell some of the stuff I have, you know, to, to get through. I didn't sell anything, but if, if it came to the point that I had to sell my motorbikes or this or that, I would have done that. And not think that I, well, well I'm not the blessed of God anymore. I would have said, thank God that I could buy a bike, that I could sell now. I would have just seen the storing up finances. That's the only way. It's like one of my friends said to me, Bertie, you know, I'm going through such a rough time. What, what, what's happening? Why is God? I said to him, sell one of your houses. And with the money of one house, he can live for four years. <laughs> and now he says, I don't know what's happening. Oh God, what's happening? Repent. See what God has done for you. Thank God for contentment. Amen. But the thing is, the more houses I have, the, the richer I am. That is the, the, the thought pattern of the world that's flowed over into the church. Because our value system is not people anymore. And the only way we're going to get that right is by seeing the truth in finances. Seeing the value of people. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, I want to just come right now and I want to just stretch forth my hands. Blessing people with, with this understanding of contentment. Getting them out of that rat race. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. Getting them out of the mentality of seeing what people possess and and saying, wow, they've got that. And having that feeling deep, deep inside their heart that I'm, I'm not keeping up to the right standard. I set you free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to thank you as well. That we don't have to plead poverty. But that we can acknowledge what you've done for us in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to read there from verse um, verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, it says you be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I've preached about that um, many times. And we must know that the power of His might is His resurrection power. What we were raised into. Now, many people misunderstand the resurrection power. Uh, today's teaching is going to be, it's just going to be a teaching, a word teaching. So, don't expect this powerful preaching. It's a teaching to bring clarity and understanding to your mind. When it comes to um, the resurrection power, there's two ways in which the resurrection power manifests. The Bible says, we have been raised up into newness of life. That is, inside our hearts, we received what Christ received when He was raised from the dead in the Spirit. That's why we received the Holy Spirit. So we receive the Spirit of Christ. So everything that is spiritual in Jesus, we have received today. Amen. So we have received what is in the Spirit. And from that Spirit, we also do what Christ has done when the Spirit indwelled the body of Jesus, indwelled mortal flesh. We must remember that Jesus indwelled sinful, or or God indwelled sinful flesh. Jesus' body had the ability to sin when He was walking on this earth. Don't think that He didn't have the ability to sin in His human flesh. Jesus had that same ability. Jesus came and fulfilled the law on a much higher way than simply obeying commands. He fulfilled the law by belief in who He really was. He fulfilled the law. He came as a man under the law and um, was tempted to find his righteousness by the law, but he was a man under the law, fulfilled the law by finding his righteousness in God inside him. Amen. Now, please listen to this. This is crucial. It is, uh, it is, it is some basic Christian doctrine and dogma that you need to understand. When Jesus was in human flesh, uh, 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 on the earth, he, he had the ability to become grey. He had the ability to die. He had that ability. If he didn't have the ability to die, he couldn't die for our sins. He had the ability to die, but the only thing is, his life was not taken from him. He gave it up for us. I believe that Jesus could become old. Um, and uh, he, he could be 50 and 60 and become grey and all those type of things because he was in normal human flesh. If he was not in normal human flesh, he was not our saviour, but he was the saviour of a people that didn't have the ability to become old. Uh, you, you must understand that. Jesus didn't come in an angelic form because if he came in, a, in an angelic form, he would be the saviour of the angels and the demons could be saved. But he came in the form of frail human flesh. And he was made lower than the angels for a time. In other words, he came with, 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 with normal human flesh. Let me put it to you this way. Jesus had a need to go to the toilet. He had a need for food. 
He could become hungry. Jesus became tired. If Jesus could become tired, He could become so tired if you continued to push His body that He could get a heart attack and die. Now you might say, Barty, that, that, that is a false doctrine. Listen, my friend, that is not a false doctrine. We need to understand that. That He came in that form. Then, in that form, he, 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 he obeyed the voice of God and belief, believed God to the fullness in such a way, obeyed and fulfilled the law. He fulfilled every type, he fulfilled every shadow, he fulfilled every part of the law. Okay? To the point that we today don't go to God through any law system at all. He fulfilled it on behalf of us. Then He died and He, was, and he rose again in physical form. What He gave us then was His Spirit, not His body. He gave us His Spirit. He poured out His Spirit on the earth. Okay, so His Spirit returned to the earth. And now we are brand new in spirit. And we have everything that Jesus Christ today have seated at the right hand of the Father in the spirit. So, we have the ability of the spirit inside us. And we can do what Jesus Christ has done when he walked the earth. What can we do? We can raise the dead. We can heal the sick. We can prophesy and become tired. We can, um, we can become hungry. We can become old. But we have this wonderful spirit inside still earthen vessels. Pots of clay. We still have that. And then there will be a time when God will pour out His body on the earth. The return of Jesus in physical form. Then we will have what Jesus has in the physical as well. And then we will be Perfect in spirit and in body. Now, we are talking about spiritual warfare. We must be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, when he, we received His Holy Spirit, we receive also what is spiritual, which is a, a new mind, a new way of thinking, a renewal of the soul. The salvation of the soul. When we find salvation of the soul, we find a new way of thinking and a new way of acting inside this mortal body. We find love inside this mortal body. We find contentment inside this mortal body. We find uh, the power of the Holy Spirit helping others inside this mortal body. We find... Uh, joy and peace even while we are inside a mortal body for the origin of our emotions and what we say comes from the spirit that indwells us. Now, we're talking about spiritual warfare. Satan came with doctrines telling us that we must now use the spirit that is inside us to make new our bodies, which will happen when Jesus comes back. Or, we have the, the, what this doctrine has also said, the wrong doctrine, and what Satan wants is, that we must think, that we must now use the power of the Holy Spirit, that indwells us, which we are born of, in our spirits and our souls, that's renewed, and change the world. In other words, Make that there's no poverty on the planet anymore. 
<laughs> we are waiting for the return of Jesus and a new heaven and a new earth. We are waiting for a place where grace will indwell every atom of this planet. Amen. Where there will be, a, where there will be no law system on this planet. Where there will be no traffic rules. Where there will be uh, 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 no of what we see now. Now you might say badly, but how will it be? Paul says we don't know. We don't know. We just know we will be like God. That's all we know. God doesn't function by a law. He functions by who He is. Where this planet is waiting and we are waiting for that. Now, what Satan has done, and this is the war we are in. He has come and he said, use what is spiritual to change the physical things in this world. And then you can say, you are the sons of God. Then you can say, we have reached what Christ has brought for us. I want to say to you, what Christ has brought for me, I've reached. For now. What Christ has brought for me, for now, I've reached. And I come short in nothing. Amen. And the same with you, if you believe the gospel of grace. But if you come and believe that you must still do something to change the world, get the whole uh, a squatter camp to never be sick ever again by the gift of healing, my friend, you're wrong. You are wrong. The gifts of healing spoke of certain things and outpouring of the Spirit spoke of certain things in the times of the apostles. It meant to them that those people are saved. They received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It means that they were approved of God to the point that they are now saved. We don't even find the Apostle Paul writing a lot about miracles or teaching of the importance of miracles in the Bible. He doesn't even write about that because it's a gift by people, and then people do get healed. And I also have that gift. Baptist, I have that. I can pray for the sick and they get, get healed. Today we're going to have communion, and um, there's somebody in our web church uh, uh, whose father and mother is both sick, and, um, and, 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 and she loves them. Uh, her name is Sherry McGregor. We're going to pray for her father. We're going to pray for her mother and believe uh, th that they will be healed in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to do that. So I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is, I'm not going to use this gift now to go through every hospital and every institution, mental institution, healing everybody, changing the whole world into the perfection that's going to come through Jesus Christ. I'm not going to do that with that. That's not what it's there for. That is abusing the gift. Now you might say about it now, what type of doctrine do you believe in? I believe, listen, if I pray for the people and there is somebody that is sick, I say, thank you God that you stretch forth your hand to healing the sick. When we were now in Calabria, the first night we saw a lady born deaf in a one ear healed. We, I saw a lady that was completely blind in a one eye healed and another lady completely blind in both eyes also healed. God did it. But the healing that took place was of such small importance to me that I forgot to even tell Vessel after the lady got healed. Because what's important is that, it, that people believe the gospel of grace. Amen. You know, it's like going to Canada and preach the gospel there. The importance is not the flight there. The importance is the, if people believe this message. That is the importance of the whole thing. 
Amen. So, we stick to what is important. And we're not going to start an aviation company, if you want to stay. I'm not starting a healing company. We are preaching the gospel, and the greatest thing is that there can be clarity to the minds of people. Hallelujah. But we are flooded with the Holy Spirit, able and willing to heal as many people as possible. But we're not going to fall into the trap of Satan because what's going to happen is people are always going to feel inferior. You're always going to feel, I must do something to get more healing power. You're going to fast more. You're going to try and pull the power down more. You're going to start with teachings like, more Lord, more Lord. Oh, pour out your spirit, Lord. Your worship is going to become fake. What you're going to do is you're going to start a worship with a purpose to get the power of God. And that is the law. That is the message of death. Killing people. And then people will work themselves up to the point that they believe now they've got the power. And then enter into that power by faith. See some manifestations and then build a doctrine out of that. My friends... Uh, 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 we are in a battle. What this, what this word says, it says, put on the whole armor of God and don't be ignorant concerning what you've been raised into. We've been born into good works, my friend. Let's read, let me read that to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God has prepared beforehand and ordained that we should walk in them. So what have we been created for? Good works. So my friend, if we have been created into, not for, if we've been created in Christ Jesus Unto good works. So we've been created in Him for good works, which He has prepared beforehand, so that we can walk in what He has created beforehand, so that we as God beings can be natural and easy and find our life in it. Now, (laughs) in this world, we will find perfection in good works. I believe that. You can be loving people caring for people, be good to people all the time. We can have that. While we're rich or poor, while we're healed or not healed, we can have that in Jesus' mighty name. For that is what He's created us unto. So, I want to say to you, don't go and sin. It's not, you don't need to do that. You've not been created unto that. What you can have now is a confident expectation of the Spirit of God inside you empowering human flesh and a human mind to be renewed in Christ to live a new life. To have Christ living in you. Living in all good works which is mentioned in Ephesians which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That's what you've been created into. That's what will manifest in your life. Keep your eyes on that. And that love has got the greatest influence for the spreading of the gospel. Amen. 
We've also been given gifts by the same Spirit that is inside us. So we can go around, do good works, spread the gospel of grace, love people, be good to people. We can do that as well. That's also been added as gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Which will eventually, in the return of Jesus, pass away. And those gifts aren't perfect. We need to know that as well. We are not, when we move into the gifts, we must know we move in imperfection. It is not perfect. For the Bible says, we prophesy in part, for we see in part and know in part. In the same way, if prophecy, which is the greatest gift, is in part, healing will be in part, the gift of knowledge will be in part, the gift of wisdom will be in part. But what is not partial is the love of God. For the love of God is perfect towards us for what we have today, which is that we can be born of the Holy Spirit, have a renewed mind, and live a a, a life of peace in mortal flesh, spreading the gospel, waiting for the return of the Lord, knowing that the Spirit we have inside us also possesses the ability to take, take mortal flesh and make it immortal in the return of Jesus. And there will be nobody immortal before the dead has been raised. According to 1 Corinthians 15. Now, remember I said it's a teaching. This is not a preaching today, it's a teaching. And we need to understand that. For Satan wants to get the church in the law when it comes to signs, wonders and miracles. He's done the same with Jesus and you will not escape it. I will not escape it. I've also been tempted by Satan to use miracles to prove my ministry and to prove what God has done. I have almost been tempted into the teaching of we can be immortal in this life. Because it sounds so right. I've, I have been, I've fallen for the temptation years ago when I was under teaching of tithing and sowing reaping, thinking that we will have perfection in our finances in this world by working a principle. My friend, only perfection, there's only perfection in the physical stuff, in the return of Jesus. But there's perfection in the spiritual, in what Christ has done for you. Perfection already indwells your spirit. You have been born into perfection. And renewing of the mind will see a manifestation of perfection in these things, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law, and that is how Christ and God manifests Himself in this world. That's why Paul said, when I heard of your love in the Spirit, there was great joy in me. Amen. It's not when you heard about miracles, when you heard about the love in the Spirit. Not, he said, not when I heard on how much money you make. He says, your love in the Spirit. When I heard of your faith in Christ, That was what was great for the Apostle Paul. And when he knew that they also prayed in tongues and the Spirit was poured out upon them, he knew that there happened something great there. Amen. He encouraged people, he said, follow after love and desire the spiritual gifts. But then he placed a a, a great thing there and said, listen, love was before the outpouring of of, of the gifts. And then love is still now. And the love message and simple love as the most powerful gift to impact people has not passed away. Empowering everybody to be successful in sharing the gospel of grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Hallelujah. Let's just read that again. Ephesians chapter 6. 
Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the deception of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand... Uh, that you may, may be able to withstand in the evil day. That word evil, I've preached it before, I want to say it again, is of utmost importance. That word evil is the Greek word, full of labor. The day full of labor, having done all to stand. So what he's saying here, is he's saying, listen, there will come a day when, when you'll be offered labors, where that day will be full of labor. And it's been offered to church so many times. Well, you know, if Jesus has made you perfect, you are born again, you say you are perfect, you say this, you say this, you say you've even got the gift, you say you've got the power. So, take this and work miracles, work the supernatural. I'm not against miracles, but listen to me. Work the supernatural and get the whole world to change into the perfection of Christ. That is the, 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 the word of Satan, man. It's a temptation of Satan. Because you'll be so full of labor and what's going to happen is you use something that's going to pass away that's not even perfect and you're not going to see perfection in that gift and then you're going to be feeling like a failure and Satan's going to say, and I've seen it in so many churches, well, now we need a higher revelation. Not making the simplicity of the gospel enough anymore. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me read it to you. Um, no, no. Uh, Vessel, where's that scripture where it says the simplicity of the gospel? Sorry, 2 Corinthians uh, 11. L- listen to this. Listen to this. It says, <clears throat> 11 verse 2. It says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have exposed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin in Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. (laughs) The simplicity of Christ is this. God gave a man, Jesus Christ, he obeyed the law, fulfilled everything for you. He went up. When He returned. He returned only in spirit, not in physical body. So, we've got perfection in spirit right now. And out of that perfection, our minds renewed and we see a manifestation in actions, which is also a spiritual thing, in this world. And then He will also return in physical body and the same perfection that you see in your spirit will be in your physical body and we patiently wait for that. And what God is doing cleverly is He is planting His spirit which is the power that will take the mortal body into immortality. Remember, when Jesus died, He died with, in a physical body uh, 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 having the Holy Spirit. He died. Then the spirit that was in Jesus, came and uh, 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 raised his dead body by the Holy Spirit. So, what raised the dead body? It was the Holy Spirit. So, how will we be raised? By the Holy Spirit, we will be raised. 
Now, God is going, sending evangelists and preachers all over the world, preaching the gospel, that people can believe, and according to the book of Acts, receive the Holy Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit can indwell mortal flesh everywhere, so that when Jesus returns, that the Spirit that is inside mortal flesh can also quicken their flesh, that everybody can be like Jesus in physical flesh and never die. But if Jesus should return and the Spirit would not be in a person, He would not be raised into immortality. As simple as that. So say, Lord, immortality now, now, now. Are you mad? Do you want people to go to hell? We don't want that. So thank God for the book and for Peter writing that God is not slack concerning his promises but willing that every man will be saved that's why we preach the gospel hastening the return of Jesus that's the simplicity of the gospel amen and the spirit that's in you my friend is the down payment and the proof of your immortality in human flesh so we've been justified in having uh, uh, the Holy Spirit and having a renewed mind that's our justification on in this earth and in that we see a new life that's our justification but there's a justification awaiting us which is perfection in the physical stuff which we will not have today unless Jesus returns you can pray Satan can tempt you you can work yourself half to death but that's not going to happen in this world without Jesus returning. And don't be tempted because I find people always feeling there's something more, there's something this, there's something that. Oh, I must do more. You're just tempted by Satan to take a stone and make it a bread. It's not called a stone anymore. You are tempted by Satan to take a physical body decaying and making it immortal and then say, now I'm the son of God. And you will be busy with works. It will kill you, my friend. I want to invite you to the absolute rest of God in the situation where you are right now. It boggles my mind. It's above reason. It is of God. It is something that cannot be explained in normal human words. It's something that comes by knowing what God has done. It's an emotion and an and, 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 and empowerment that can only come by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and a willingness to repent of dead works. If you want to go and get uh, perfection right now, by tithing, sowing and reaping, thinking that you must do things to have immortality in this world, having perfection in healing in everybody's life, you are busy with dead works, even using the power of the Holy Spirit to work your dead works. I want freedom for you, my friend. But how do I know that I will be healed? God has come and He's brought healing for us. I believe that. But let me tell you, self, tell me, tell you something. That healing is not perfection. You will still die. And you need to keep your mind renewed. Otherwise you can even become sick with the very same sickness. It is the way it is. Jesus said it. He says, go and sin no more. Lest something worse happens to you. So people, this is not a condemnation message. But the greatest message of condemnation is when you don't understand this and try to live up to a standard where you cannot live up to and then fall into the law to try and keep up to that and live with a deep 
sense of failure in your heart, even covered up with a message of grace. See your things for what it is. Amen. We are more than conquerors in Christ, even if we die. I laugh at death. I laugh at sickness. I laugh at poverty. It is just nothing. It's been conquered in Christ. It's conquering Christ. And our vision and our purpose. And I want to say this to you today. The church has fallen into a trap of Satan. And instead of our focus being on the resurrected Christ and what we've been commanded by Jesus to do, which naturally flows out of a born-again person, which is to preach the gospel, we have put our focus on how healed we are, how prosperous we are, and what Christ can do for me in this world. Instead of simply forgetting about what's the biggest car you can drive and how much money you can get by making use of the gift of the Holy Spirit abusing things instead of using it for the spreading of the gospel getting people to hear the message of grace where people can be loved in western Zambia not having a cent and still feel as prosperous as what I feel today and as prosperous as God Amen Hallelujah you know when, when, when my son I told him you know I'll buy you a motorbike or I'll buy you a car when you are 16 or 18 he doesn't feel poor today because he doesn't have that bike today because he's 13 years of age. He doesn't feel poor, because he knows that I've promised. So he's rich in the promise. Amen. Now people say, you know, all the promises of Jesus Christ is yes and amen. And you know that there's no promises to, to be done. Let me tell you something, there's a promise. Return of Jesus Christ. There's a promise, immortal flesh for you, which will still manifest in the return of Jesus Christ. And that promise, we say, we call it done. Because what Jesus has done in six days is enough to manifest that in His return. Thank you for that, my God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's be mindful of what Christ has done for us in the cross. The Bible says that um, there are many feeble among you. There are many sick. Some have even died because of not understanding the body of Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we can realize this peace message... There's a power of the Spirit inside us that does bring healing. We also will not be so stressed out that we'll get heart attacks. We will not have eating disorders because we will be peaceful people. We will find by the faith that's inside us a blessing inside our bodies. You know, I, I believe that. You know, it's like my son um, got flu. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the way it is, all the symptoms of flu sh- shows to swine flu. So, um, my wife says, well now, what if he's got swine flu? I say, I don't care what type of flu it is. I believe he's healed because of what Jesus Christ has done. But I know that there will come a time later in his life when he will be attacked by some sickness again. For there's not perfection. But there can be healing for this today. Amen. And if there is no healing, we're not saying we are unsuccessful. But all we do is, and let me tell you something, Paul didn't say, take this body and apply it to healing. He simply said, a revelation of Christ is enough to bring peace to your life. And I want to add something. When Timothy was sick, Paul said, take a little bit of wine for your stomach. He didn't say, take the word. You know, you need, you need to believe hard. Don't you know that you are the healed? He didn't say that. In the whole lecture, he says, stir up the gift that's inside you. 
don't let them neglect your youth, because that's why he was so worried that Paul said, I mean, he, I think he had a stomach, a stomach ulcers and worried so much. He said, drink a little bit of wine, you know. He says, take some, some things for your frequent sickness, because Timothy was frequently ill. That was it. A great man of God, Timothy. So, I'm not fending for sickness, but my friend, I say that uh, uh, don't take communion now and think you're never in your life ever going to have any sickness ever knocking at your door. What we do say is that the law makes us sick. And when Jesus was, was broken, the law was broken for us. When He was broken, the body that comes to God through the law was broken. And the curse of sickness is broken off our backs. And when we eat this bread, we say, Father, thank you that through this I acknowledge that I am part of the body of Jesus. I am part of something new. The curse has been broken. Maybe immortality is not indwelling my flesh, but I thank God for strengthening of my body in Jesus' mighty name. And we do have power over sickness and disease in our own lives. And we do have the gifts of the Spirit. Although all doesn't possess it, we partake of this and we walk in the health that comes through this uh, um, taking the body. Thank you, Father. The greatest thing that I see in this is not healing for my body. The greatest thing I see in this is that I, that the body of the law has died. I see what Christ has done for me. I am having a confident expectation not to die, but to be clothed upon with the immortal body and that Jesus will return in this life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for that, my God. When I eat this, I want all of you to eat. When I eat of this, as this becomes part of my body, it's just a sign of how Jesus became part of my whole being. All sickness has left us. All disease has left us. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I come right now and as I break this body, I think of Sherry's father and mother where there's infection in the mother's foot that they want to amputate her foot. The father with heart disease and many other things. In the name of Jesus, I come with a gift of God that has been given me by the power of the Holy Spirit showing the power of the world of the kingdom to come. I say, you are healed, sir. You are healed, ma'am, in Jesus' mighty name by the power of God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. As I eat this and becomes part of my body, I declare the healing power of God digested into their bodies. Their hearts healed. Their, their feet healed. Their whole bodies healed. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, my God. And by this we also declare that Jesus' body was raised from the dead into immortal flesh and that we await and hope for that with patience in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus also took a cup and thanked. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's washed away all our guilt and our sin. It's given us that we can have the ability to live a victorious life in this world by the things you've given us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm thinking right now of how Christ has washed me clean, of how I'm perfect before Christ, before God, standing sinless, before God in Jesus' name. Amen.
wherever you are right now, if you've got any sickness in your body, you can receive your healing right now by the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. I see somebody that's having a cast on your uh, ankle, right leg. (coughs) You're being healed right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my Father. You can stand up right now. Uh, Just before you stand up, just move your, your feet inside the car slightly. I'm removing all pain from you right now. I'm healing all ligaments that's been torn right now in Jesus' mighty name. And all pain is removed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I tell you, I feel the absolute working of the Holy Spirit right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's somebody with back pain right, right, as low as you can get. You know, you struggle to sit. You're being healed right now by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I give you praise, my God, for what you have done in the cross, giving us the ability by the gifts of the Holy Spirit to heal people in Jesus' mighty name. There's also somebody you've got an infection in your knee, your, your, your left knee. It's also swollen a bit. Um, they, 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 they sometimes, or I don't know if they've done it, what they're going to do, but they're going to draw some moisture or some water out of your knee uh, with a needle because then builds up pressure in there. You are being healed right now by the power of God in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, my God. There's also somebody, there's always this ringing in your ears, in the one ear more than the other one. I rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. I say, be healed by that right now. I speak quietness into your ears right now by the power of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you. Amen. Amen. If you've been touched, if you've received any healing, and you feel you'd like to testify about that, please testify. Write us a message. It's good to hear from you um, in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to end off this right now. Thank you so much that you've listened to this broadcast. Um, I want to say for all the people that are writing comments on uh, on the forum, I want to say this. All the comments that's on the forum, I don't necessarily, I don't um, agree with all of that. I'm not into immortality. I'm not into this massive thing about healing all the time, like you know. To me, I'm just a simple guy knowing, believing the simple gospel of grace. So, don't think that everything's on the forum I agree with. It's just a a platform where people can speak. And if something is not really in line, you will see me correcting that. Um, I want to, I want to give you the opportunity to also be on the forum. Please log in there. Um, We've we've literally had thousands of visits this year, this month since we started this forum. It's awesome in what we see there. It's been running now for about six weeks. So um, thank you for everybody that's on the forum. I also want to ask you, a way of preaching the gospel would be to simply forward a link to any of the messages that we have. We are um, redesigning the website. It will be so much more user-friendly um, and will be up soon. I, can't, I don't want to make a date and any promises. But we are busy with the archive. Remember, we've got hundreds of messages that must, must be changed. Everything must be changed to make it more user-friendly. User so, from now, I mean, the links will be the same. You can, you can just go and, um, 
and, and send links to people. Use Facebook, people. Let's evangelize and share this gospel of grace with as many people as possible. Thank you so much for this. God loves you. Remember this one thing. You can always enjoy the love of God. Amen.